You are listening to Empower Me with Aerie. Everyone, this is Queen Aerie. Welcome to Empower Me with Aerie podcast. I am super excited that you decided to join us today. We have a phenomenal podcast today. I know that you guys are going to enjoy it. We're going to be talking about the makeover. We're going to delve in a little bit later so that you um, get the concept of what we're talking about. But we all need a makeover in life. And, and truly, the things that we've gone through help prepare us for our future. We all face challenges. But what we do with all the challenges are up to us. We literally have a choice, you know, to either stay in the past, stay with the pain that the past brought us, or we can choose to move forward. Life really, you know, you really can't take lemons and make lemonade. But again, we have to be willing to take the ingredients that life brings us, put it all together and make something beautiful out of it. We were made to overcome you guys. Truly, Romans 8.28 rings in my ear and it reminds us that all things work together for the good. That means that even the bad, the good, it all is going to come together and work together for our good. We have to just keep our perspectives right. So today, you all, i like to introduce my very special guest to the show. She is a rare jewel. She's handpicked by God. Uh, with all of the things that she has encountered, you guys, she is still standing. You guys are going to be blessed by her testimony as we go forth and converse today. Hey, Ebony Marie, what's going on, Princess? How are you? Introduce yourself more and tell us what's your story? Where are you from? Hey, Ari. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Um, so, yes, I am Ebony Marie. I am originally from Columbus, Ohio, born and raised, and then relocated to Phoenix, Arizona eight years ago, um, going on nine. Um, so, I, I don't even know where to start. So, <laughs> born, to, <laughs> born to a young mother. Um, she had me at 18. And then she died um, when I was five, so she was 24. Mm. And I was raised by, um, her older sister took me in, and then my dad's mother took me in at a time, so they actually had split custody of me. So I would spend my school year in Ohio and then come and spend the summers in Phoenix. So naturally, Mm. you know, I ended up moving out to Phoenix at some point because it's, you know, a part of me. Right. And um, through that, there were many tests and trials. My dad is in my life, but not there consistently. Um, he is on his own journey, as I like to say, yeah. um, which I had to learn learn to accept his journey. And um, there was a lot of breaking there that I had to go through and grow right. through in that. Okay. Um, but through it all, God has kept me. He has strengthened me. He has molded me. He has shaped me. He has delivered me. And he (laughs) has placed me, called me, chose me, appointed me to be right here, right now, uh, to be able to share all of that. Yeah. there's so much, so I was like, I didn't want to go too far into it. Yeah, um, we're gonna so we're gonna, gonna delve into <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we'll definitely delve in a little bit deeper. Wow, wow, wow! Just from just the introduction 
of hearing of you know some of the things that you've gone through a lot of people would have stopped back then so we're, we're definitely going to get in here and and delve in because like I said I'm going to reiterate this listen you guys turn your your radios up turn the volume up I know that uh, Ebony Marie's story is going to help you overcome you know uh, things happen in our lives but truly it's not meant God doesn't intend it to kill us but to help us you know become stronger it's not God doing these certain things to us but he is making these things work for us so that we can be prepared for purpose so now that you face Ebony Marie so many um, tremendous struggles within your life from youth and then of course you know we, we face struggles you know at times on a consistent basis I want you to, to delve in a little bit deeper about your childhood from before if you remember let's kind of talk about before the loss of your mother and then after the loss of your mother and how did that affect you at that age and you know kind of progressively can, can you kind of take us back there yeah actually I remember a lot and I, I actually thank God for that because a lot of people were like you know at five how much do you really remember before the age of five? Mm. Um, but I remember my mom, she spoiled the mess out of me. Oh. <laughs> um, she, she's so, she's so loving mm. and caring and mm. whatever I wanted, she made sure that I had it. Um, she did everything she possibly could to make sure I had everything I needed and wanted. Mm. Um, we had a really great relationship. I would say she was my best friend. Um, so we, yeah, it was amazing. Um, we talked, she would talk to me just like we would sit and, you know, have a conversation, girl Aww. talk. I remember just sitting and talking with my mom, mm. but you know, what do you talk about at three, four years old? But, um, uh, <laughs> <you do. laughs> but um, yeah, I remember it's like, you know, there were things that just, it was just normal. Um, and I was always right there with her. Whatever she ate, I ate. Whatever she did, I would want to be right there. Yeah. Um, my grandmother would always tell me how I didn't like anyone to touch me. I didn't <laughs> want anyone to hold me, except for my mom, and, which was a little difficult because my mom was 4'11 mm. and 90 pounds, and I was a nice, chunky, husky baby. <laughs> <laughs> Solid as a rock. And <laughs> I was, oh my goodness. I look like a little chocolate cabbage patch kid. <laughs> oh, but how I cute! Not, I did not like people touching me. I did not like. I I wanted to be with my mom. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, like some mm. family members, but for the most part, I loved my mom. So yeah. we were really, really close. Um, when she um, passed, so she had mm. cancer, mm. and um, I remember visiting her in the hospital. She would always save me her sugar cookies. So, oh. like to this day, sugar cookies are my ultimate favorite, especially when they're made perfect and you can taste the butter. And, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I would go visit her and she yeah. would have sugar cookies for me. Um, mm. And she actually uh, transitioned home. So she didn't die in the hospital. She actually transitioned home wow. where she had the bed at home. And I will wake up every morning, run downstairs, turn on TV, and we would sit and watch cartoons together. Aww. And um, it was one morning she didn't wake up. And mm. so I ran upstairs to 
um, get her boyfriend and said, you know, mommy's not waking up, she's not responding. And um, then at that point, that's when, you know, he started to call everyone and my aunts and everyone were over at the house. And mm-hmm. later on that night, um, from what I remember, she hadn't really, she hadn't passed at that time, but I believe she was just too weak to really wow. respond. Yeah. Um, but later on that night, which she did, um, I was in the room with my cousins playing and they came and got us and I didn't really respond. I didn't cry. Mm. Um, actually my cousin, he cried first, like he cried, wow. he boohooed. And for me, I kind of just like, okay, wow. um, they walked us downstairs and they were like, you know, you can say something to her. Um, um, I didn't even say, I didn't talk, I didn't cry, yeah. I didn't do anything. They're like, well, you know, give her a kiss. So mm. I gave her a kiss on the cheek and mm-hmm. that was, you know, that was that. And yeah. um, I remember crying at the funeral, uh-huh. but it was never um, necessarily a cry for mourning. Okay. Um, that I did not do that when I was a kid. I didn't mm. do that at all. Okay. Um, and that, yeah. And I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Like, did you, do you believe that you grieved properly during that time? And, and I understand no. being five years old, who, you know, a five-year-old, do they really know what it means to, to grieve? But like, did you right. really understand what was going on at that time? Like that she was never coming back, you know? And yeah. Mm. Right. Um, and I don't know. Uh, just thinking back, like I just remember seeing her in the, you know, in the coffin and I cried, mm. but it wasn't necessarily a mourn or a grief. It mm. was, you know, I was sad. And I think at that point I realized like she's not coming back, wow. but I still didn't uh, really process the what I felt mm-hmm. you know and at five is like you know how do you really say what you feel you, know, right. you don't really know the words right. or mm-hmm. you know how do you truly express yourself so um I didn't and um mm. through my relationship with my dad at one point in time he had told you know told me I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump a little bit um mm-hmm. but he told me how he didn't know how to process his feelings wow and that's what led him on his life path oh. and i realized i was like and i inherited that mm. because i didn't know how to process my feelings i mm-hmm. didn't know how to express it mm-hmm. um because my grandmother and grandfather got a divorce when my dad was in middle school and that hurt him, but he didn't know how to express that. Mm. So he acted out and he yeah. went and he did this and he did that. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was like, that's why I'm the wow. one. I do what I do when mm. my, with my emotions. Wow. I inherited that. It's like, I don't know how to process my emotions. I don't know how to say this is what's going on inside of me. Um, mm. So I didn't necessarily act out, but yeah. I internalized everything. I kind of kept everything to myself. Yeah. And, um, wow. you know, things would just happen here and there. Um, you know, there were moments that I would have spurts. Like, I remember, like, certain things happening mm-hmm. um, where I would just get sad or I would just do something. But mm. it, it almost seems like people pacified it because they're like, mm-hmm. oh, well, 
you know, her mom died. So you got to just, you know, be kind, be nice. And mm. Instead of really addressing it. Right, right, um, right. It was more, if I did do anything, it was pacified. Because for the most part, I was, I was a good kid. Um, I didn't cause too much trouble. Okay. Uh, I would say my kindergarten year was really hard. So Yeah, um, my goodness. <laughs> but after that, I was, you know, I was an A and B student. So, mm-hmm. um, well, first through 12th grade, <laughs> kindergarten again, it was, it was a bit rough. But okay. um, so no, I didn't grieve my mother's death until adulthood. Truthfully. Okay, wow. And just listening to that, um, I mean, listening to you from the beginning talk about you know how your mother was your best friend. You, you talked to her all the time. You didn't want anyone else to touch you. That had to uh, affect you, my gosh, in in ways that you couldn't even comprehend at that moment. And so I'm sure that had something to do with yeah. how you were processing it and and not being able to verbalize like whoa or internalize like what right. is really going on. It's like you lost, no, 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 no. Right. you know what I mean? Like the closest thing to you, you know, that love and stuff like that. And so with that said, how did that affect your self-esteem? You know, because if you're so used to being around somebody, so used to receiving that affection, so used to love looking a certain way that mm-hmm. it's removed from you, how did you? How did that affect your, uh, your self-esteem? And then can you talk about who are your supporters that kind of helped helped you through that process? Um, I would have to say it caused me to be a lot more observant. Mm. Um, I didn't really, um, I really didn't cling to too many. So mm. it was my mom and my dad's mom. So my mom and my grandmother, those were my two. Okay. And so my mom died. They I moved. They moved me out to Phoenix, so I was okay. away from my grandmother as well. So um, growing up, I was always with my mom or my grandmother. I, okay. And you, I do remember that. Mm. And you know, not that I wasn't around anyone else, but those were my two that I was like the closest to. Mm-hmm. And so for my mom to die, and then they send me out to Phoenix, then they took me away from my grandmother as well, which wow. is who I was used to outside of my mom. Wow. Um, so I became really observant. It was it was tough. Um, mm-hmm. There were moments that I cried that probably people didn't know I was crying. Mm. Um, and then I think I was out here for, I was probably in Phoenix for about a year and a half. Okay. Um, and then I moved back to Columbus. Okay. And, and because I was with my grandmother, who I was used to being with, you know, that mm-hmm. helped. Um, unfortunately, again, it wasn't, um, because she didn't really know the best way to help me really mm-hmm. grieve. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, again, I never grieved until adulthood, but okay. she was there. She was there to support me and, you know, mm-hmm. help me. Unfortunately, it, it turned out to be a situation where I would be fine. And then all of a sudden I would just have these emotions that I didn't know what to do mm-hmm. with. And I would kind of just like blow yeah. up. Yeah. And she would kind of just leave me alone. And then she would do something that would make me happy. Like something that I like to do, you know, mm-hmm. take me shopping or go out to eat or, you know, she was yeah. trying to um, help me through it the best way she knew how. Right, um, right. And so, and unfortunately I didn't, again, I, I didn't know really how to say like, it hurts not having my mom. But one thing that it did do 
even at a young age, um, if my friends disrespected their mom, I would get on them like, don't talk to your mom. Like yeah, that. that's good. Like, yeah. don't do that. Like, I, I was that kid, like, don't do that. Like, yeah, yeah, I understand she made you mad, but don't, you know, you only get one mom. Mm, and yeah. it's like, so don't do that to her. Like, mm. I don't get it. Yeah, she's getting on your nerves, but don't do that to your mom. Don't mm. say that to her. Don't say that about her. Like, I was mm. a mom advocate, like, at what? a very, very young age. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. that's the one thing that it, it did in mm. me is like, it took the position of mother and put it at a new level for me. And mm -hmm. so it was like, I need you guys wow. to understand the importance of a mom yeah. and what it means to have her because mm. I know what it means to not have her. Wow, and that's powerful. you can't yeah. do anything about it. Right, yeah. So this this whole, uh, just, just talking about this, you know, and especially at the age of five, um, it's interesting because, uh, you know, for those of course who have followed me and stuff, you know that um, with my testimony about being sexually abused at the age of four or five. And so it, it, so it, I want you guys, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because it is so imperative that parents and, you know, uh, older, you know, siblings or mentors or whoever, whoever surrounded around young kids talk to them talk to them, listen to them, help them interpret things that they don't even know how to interpret or how to verbalize. Because yeah. things that you go through at that age affects you, affects you. And so, you know, within my studies of, of what I'm doing now, um, you know, as a, as a therapist, it, uh, you know, they talk about how we take in and we're sponges from birth all the way to like right. six years old. You learn the bulk of what you're going to learn or you're the, you're the most affected around those ages. And so the, the things that happen to you, they literally, unfortunately at times, if it's bad things, it kind of sets the stage as to what you right. experience moving forward if you don't do anything, if nobody's tending to you, if nobody's uh, paying attention, if nobody is reading you know, um, the silence. We have to be able to read the silence and parents, please read the silence. Um, aunts, uncles, please read the silence to your nieces, your nephews, or whoever is around right. you if they deal with trauma because they may not necessarily know exactly, you know, what to do, but you being an older person, help them, you know, encourage them, bring them to, to uh, therapy, help them in a way that will be uh, beneficial for their future. So while, um, Ebony Marie, that is, that is just like unimaginable. You know, the things that you have to, had to endure at that, young, at that young age, especially with the loss of a parent. And so talking about, I know you kind of talked about school and how you were able to still maintain good grades and stuff like that. But, you know, with school, were you able to, to really blend in with the kids and really to, um, you know, kind of, I guess, kind of relate to them in a way, especially when, when schools have so much like proms and, and they have the dances and stuff where the parents are supposed to, you know, at times be engaged with the students and stuff. And, mm -hmm. and even if you did cheerleading or whatever, how was that, you know, going through your process and did you have teachers or mentors within the school, friends that kind of helped you through that process? Was it super difficult to, to kind of complete school during that time with the loss of your mother? Um, I'll say that I, I pushed through. Um, there were times that I felt stuff, but again, I didn't know what it was, so I just ignored it. Mm. Um, so again, I, w I was really big on internalizing everything. Mm. Um, so there were times that it was hard. Um, 
because you know they were like oh we're doing this for mother's day you know they were big yeah. with doing stuff and bringing your parents in yeah all that conferences like, yeah right as like I mean, I have my grandmother and yes, she's there and she loves me, but it doesn't substitute mm -hmm. my mom. Mm -hmm. And that's a hard part for those who don't have, you know, a mother. No, no one's ever going to be able mm. to replace her, but there are people who will love you as if you were that's their good. own. And so I had that, I did have, you know, my friends and, uh -huh. you know, their parents would always take me in and um, my best friends, their brothers looked at me like their little sister, Aww. they would get on my nerves just like they would get on my nerves. <laughs> so, <laughs> like they looked out for me, they thought they see me out somewhere, they were like, <laughs> I saw you, like it wasn't me, I promise. <laughs> and you were the only an only child for only the audience child. okay yes okay. i'm the only child so um it was a lot to process by myself yeah um, because yeah. you know you don't have anybody to lean on mm. naturally your siblings are there you guys usually come together like okay this happened mm -hmm. but it was just me and okay. my cousins and i are close um we were raised my mom and her sisters never lived too far away from each other that my cousins and I weren't together um, mm. a lot. So, you know, they were there and it, it helped, but there were still those moments, like you were saying, like prom or, yeah. you know, when your body starts changing right. and, you know, all wow. those things that your mom usually sits and has those conversations with, you know, it wasn't there. Mm. Um, my grandmother did her best, but we mm. have, um, a good uh, 50 year difference between us. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, a lot had changed since she had gone through womanly changes. And <laughs> I'm like, Granny, that's not how that works anymore. Please stop trying to get the cloths. And I'm like, wait, no. You said the cloth, baby, we can't do that. Take me to the stove. <laughs> like me, I'm like, wait, no, that's not, no. Oh, that's not how it works. Yeah. We don't do that anymore. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, you know, my uncle, um, he was married. He's married. They're still married. Um, so, you know, yeah. my aunt would step in that's um, at times to help out as well. But mm. again, it still goes back to until you really grieve. Mm, um, it, so there's always a part where you kind of just push people away. Mm. Um, so there were still things that I, I wasn't sharing with everyone. Okay. And um, it, was, it was really hard. Like even, so it was my mom and her, um, my mom and two of her sisters were pregnant at the same time. Oh my goodness. And, <laughs> Whoa. and so I was born, well, and it actually, because my aunt's best friend was pregnant at the same time. So it was for them at what? the same time. So I was born in December, and then we have my um, aunt's best friend daughter was born in January, and then my cousin was born in February, and then the fourth one, he came um, in April. So wow. like back to back to back to back to back. Yeah, and yeah. And so my aunt that was pregnant that had my cousin in February, her her, her my mom, they were, um, I believe they're I believe they're one year apart. Okay. And my mom was like, I want a boy. My aunt was like, I want a girl. And they both had the opposite. <laughs> so my mom <laughs> would always say, You had my boy and I had your girl. Wow. And so we and they were really, really close. And oh, my cousin um 
like that's that's my cousin that I love him and yeah. you know some people thought like even growing up they would think we were twins but like we're not wow. um we're just cousins like wow. even today you can look at us and people are like oh you guys do favor each other um but wow. unfortunately his mom died when we were 17. wow isn't that and... something that's <laughs> yeah. that's something though how you know it's like we don't know every detail within our lives but it's something how god can see all things and so he'll make sure that there are other people that are born around the same time as as us or some people that could be supportive for us so that we can go through the process so that we can literally make it through what we're supposed to to get to purpose and so that's that's so powerful you said it was like what four different four people born around the same time so literally you you were uh got it kind of like set up a support system for you Without right. you even knowing, because you guys right. didn't know that was gonna happen at five and seventeen, but it did. Right. And right. So it kind of, you know what I mean? Right. So. And he's the cousin that cried when they said that my mom died. Wow. So, um, and it's something that had happened is, um, about a month before my aunt passed, I had came out to visit, and we were sitting and we were talking, mm-hmm. and she was like, "You scared me because you never cried for your mom." And I was like, you know, I didn't really say anything, but you know, we were talking and she kind of like was now that like looking back, it was Mm kind of like her way of preparing me to let me know like she was getting ready to transition um, because she was just telling me things. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, okay. And you know, I just, I enjoyed my time with her. You know, Mm -hmm. we were just laying in bed and falling asleep, you know, just, you know, being with my aunt. And then about a month later, she ended up having to go to the hospital, uh, fell into a coma and and passed away. And when she died, um, I I cried harder um, because it wasn't just for her, but Mm. it was her and my mom, but I still didn't really process it. And I thought I was good. I thought I got through it. But then my cousin got married about six years ago. Mm -hmm. He got married and they had a table set up because his wife, her parents had passed as well. So they had a table set up with the pictures of loved ones Mm. that were no longer there. And so I was inside because they got married on a farm. So I was inside the house and my cousin was like, Ebony, come here, you know, we're going to take pictures. So I was like, okay. So we were walking out and we go past this table mm. and I stopped. I didn't, he didn't tell me. Okay. He didn't tell me about the table. <laughs> so I was not prepared. Yeah. And yeah. I seen it and I just immediately like tears just fell. Mm. And I was like, why didn't you tell me you were doing it? Like I started mm. to get mad, but then I mm. stopped and I was like, she was supposed to be here. Wow. And, um, yeah so oh geez (laughs) yeah yeah um but that was something it started something in me because then i was like well when my time comes Mm. to have my i'm not gonna have my mom there to do the wedding dress and all that stuff so it is still it still hurts a little yeah lie because you know when you're an adult there's things Mm -hmm. that you go through that you're like i want my mom there for the wedding Mm -hmm. when i have a baby you know Mm -hmm. like a lot of people Mm -hmm. was like my mom came and stayed with me for the first month that i had the baby and it's like Mm -hmm. those types of stories is like that don't happen you know yeah you want to experience don't happen so and and people listen this is live you know what i mean like this is real stuff I, i i want to bring everyone authentic 
people, people that are transparent to their process, people that uh, are uh, have overcome a lot, but still are, are real, are human, still have emotions and feelings because if we are authentic examples and if we could be real, we, that we can then authentically help another person. So Ebony Marie is on here pouring out her heart and she's emotional right now. But this is this right here is to encourage you guys to let you know that if you are still feeling from trauma, still feeling from a loss of a loved one, like you can make it through. And the proof of it is, is that, you know, she's still here. You know what I mean? I'm still here. We're still standing regardless of what's happened to us in our lives. So hang in there, you guys. You're going to make it. Wow, Ebony, that is, you know, that is so, uh, it's so touching what you're talking about. And I want to transition into this next thing. And it, and it kind of, uh, you know, it, it goes with, we're talking about school and stuff. And so I know you said growing up, you were in school, you had the good grades and stuff, but um, you we also previously talked about how, you know, through the loss and through all of that, you dealt with bullying. Let's talk about this because this is a, such an unfortunate situation <laughs> and such, yeah. you know, and it and it's it's definitely frowned upon. And the interesting thing is, when I was in school, I was like the mediator. I was so young, but people, I always drew people to me that would tell me about their problems and I would encourage them and I would go to the other person and I would listen to what happened and then I would come up with a remedy or come up with some type of solution and then they would be friends again. And it happened and it was so funny. It's nothing that I've asked for, but you know, when people would be uh, bullied or messed with, they would come to me for help. And so um, just on the other side of that, you actually dealing with bullying, let's talk about this because this has to stop within schools. It's unfortunate with the shootings and um, everything else is going on because these kids are crying out. They're being harassed at school. They're they're being bullied. What happened? What what happened with when did this start? And and how did you overcome this? And how did this affect your life? You know, in your adulthood or moving forward. So. Um... I have to say that I, I am lucky that my bullying was never physical. Mm. Um, it was always verbal mm. um, or just like action oriented because there are times where it was like, oh, the whole group girls, oh, we're not going to talk to her right now. And so, mm. you know, they kind of just like, you get shunned. In wow. um, unfortunate situations where it was like, it went around everybody at one point in time and the group got shunned for one reason or another. Mm. Um, but mine was a lot more on my complexion so mm. you know she you know called so many different names to be called and um one thing um that I realized it was um is that I was I was still quiet um I kept to myself uh, you know if we were friends we were friends and I would talk with you but I really I, I wasn't um you know I would, I would kind of I still kind of kept just to myself mm -hmm. and um and that was the easy target, you know, the ones who don't talk much, those are the easy targets. Mm -hmm. And that was one thing that it coincidentally, my, um, one of my best friends was someone who used to pick on me when we were in elementary school. Oh, wow. And Whoa. <laughs> what? <laughs> the yeah. tides have turned. What I, in the world? Um, Whoa. Yeah, and her son, her firstborn is my godson. So like, that's how what? close we are. That is, 
that's my sister. I love her. And what? we talked about it all the time. I tell people when we first met, each, met, we did not like each other. I was like, she was rude. She was mean. Um, she was a bee. Like, she, just, <laughs> I mean, she was raw and Ugh. mean. And I was like, I just couldn't stand her. And people were like, I can't believe you're saying that about her. I was like, I told her to her face. Like, yeah. she knows. Wow. And she would say, yep, yeah, nope, I was. She's like, but I picked on Ebony because she was quiet. She was an easy target. Um, um, but <laughs> so yeah, she was wow. for no reason. And she Ooh. knows she was. So, <laughs> wow. But it was, but it was something that it we so that we were at elementary school together, mm-hmm. and then um, middle school we went to separate middle schools, and then when we were juniors in high school we were at two still separate schools, but um, same career center, and okay. we actually happened to be in the same program together, wow. and that was our first time seeing each other since fifth grade, okay. and. It was like, but we seen each other and we're like, oh my gosh, it's so nice to see you. Wow. Like, like none of that ever happened. Right. But even though Whoa. we would still talk about it, like, she's so mean, she's a like, I was, I was like, cause you know, when you know who you are and you confess mm. to what you did, then mm. when somebody says it, it's not gonna, uh, you're not gonna take offense to me. Right, you're like, no, right. no, I was, I, I was mean, and, you know, mm. I know I had my moments, I was mean to people. Um, mm. That was my way of lashing out because other people were mean to me. Mm. And um, so, yeah, wow. so it was very interesting. Someone who used to just talk about me and tease me and get on my nerves and make me cry is one of my favorite people. Yeah. Now, wow. And, you know, again, I'm her first child godmother. So <laughs> how things can <laughs> turn. shows you how close we are. <laughs> wow. So with when you're talking about bullying and the things that you dealt with, you said a lot of um, the comments and stuff was about your complexion. Um, did at any point, did it like make you not want to live, make you want to commit suicide? I mean... How did that? How did that affect you, like internally already, with the loss of you know your parent, and then you're going to school, and now you're getting kicked on, you're getting bullied, you know, about your yeah. complexion and all of that. Well, I mean, thank God, you know, in, in the, the world that we live in today, people are more so embracing their, com- you know, their com- uh, complexions and, and yeah. embracing, um, you know, how melanated we are and things like that. So, yeah, like. Did you, were so, you ever thought like thoughts of suicide or anything like that? Depression, like what, how did, how else did it really affect you? So I have to say that um, I never thought of suicide, okay. um, but depression was my, uh, mm. that, that was my go-to. Um, and I didn't realize it, mm. um, you know, I didn't understand that that's what it was. Um, even as an adult, I didn't understand what it was wow. like. I always like say, you know, mm. you go to the doctors, like, do you ever feel depressed? I was like, what does that mean? Mm. Like, what does depression feel like? Um, not realizing that I live majority of my life in depression. Wow. So um, it, it, you know, it was a norm for me. So I didn't know. Um, mm. I okay. would have to push myself to do stuff. And I am naturally, I am a shy person but Mm -hmm. it went a little further than that and I didn't realize it. Wow. So it was more like, I would prefer to stay home, but it's not because I'm shy, but it's more because I I just have that like, 
you know, if I put myself out there again, you know, oh, this could happen, that could happen. And, right. Yeah. And I was like, so then I was like, then I'd just be hurting again. It's like, so to protect myself, you know, mm. I, you know, limit myself to who I'm going to talk to. And, mm-hmm. you know, and even with that, there were still times where I still didn't talk to people. Um, and people wow. were like, Ebony, never, you know, you don't talk to nobody, but it, it was part of that. Uh, depression was wow. I don't want to talk like I would my it was me protecting myself let me pull mm. away from you to prevent my me being able to be hurt um, because wow. my experience in being in big groups of people mm. was something always turned out to be my fault or somebody would say something that would hurt my feelings or hurt me or make me feel bad about myself, make me feel worse. And mm. then it's like, what's the point of even doing all this? Um, and I would never think to physically hurt myself, but mm-hmm. my um, behaviors. So I had, you know, unhealthy behaviors yeah, that yeah. could hurt me. Mm, um, yeah. You know, so even from smoking weed to mm-hmm. drinking every night or every other mm. night or, you know, having bad eating habits. So, mm. you know, not eating as much as I should. Or, mm-hmm. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. well, I can go a day without eating. And, not that I wanted to, but it was, and not that I was busy because you know we've had days like where I was just ripping and running and I didn't forget eat. right this would be, <laughs> right right I forgot I forgot, <laughs> I forgot but it wasn't that I forgot to eat it was I don't feel like eating yeah I don't have that like why wow I that is like nah whew, that's a so real that's thing how it hit me. Yeah, that, that's a real thing. And I think more people need to talk about or be willing to talk about subjects like this, you know, about depression. Um, you know, and we're talking about, you know, of course, the makeover, you know, going from the things we've been through and how literally we could, our lives can be turned around for better, you know. But going through depression, a lot of people don't want to talk about um, things that would kind of expose what they went through. You know, some people say, hey, if I was depressed, that means um, nobody, you know, people are gonna talk about me to this day. Uh, It's sad because a a lot of people are more, um, you know, they're they're worried more about their image, their outside appearance, Mm -hmm. how people view them versus the inside versus, you know, their inner health and their soul health and mental health. And um, this is why you, you hit you know, very, uh, you know, important point about if a person's depressed and they're not really dealing with that, then they go to other things. They go to drugs, they go to alcohol, you know, they can become, um, you know, promiscuous, you know, having multiple sex partners and end up with uh, STD, sexually transmitted disease that they can't get rid of. And all the time, it all rooted from the depression because they did not deal with the right. depression. So that is a, a right. huge, 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 huge point, you guys. I want you guys to really uh, take the time to look within self and and say, what do I I see that's repeated within my life that is bringing me to a negative cycle, that negative pattern, and then go get help. I said it earlier, but literally go get help because your life is worth more than your image is worth more than you know yeah. what than being worried about what people think about you. And so while that's that's um that's very powerful. Thank you for your transparency when talking about this. And so I kind of want to talk more now about your uh, your father. So you mentioned earlier how he dealt with his situation because he was um, 
you know, a product of a divorced parent. Parents were divorced when he was in middle school. And then he really didn't know, you know, coming into the relationship or having his, the mother of his child pass away, he really didn't know how to process that. And that led to some events that happened in his life. So can you talk about more about your relationship with your father and, um, and was he a huge part with you with growing up and, and how was your relationship with him today? So he was there in and out. Um, I would say like looking back, it seemed more like we were brother and sister than we were father and daughter. Mm. Um, and I say that because there would be times where I'm like, he would be there um, at the house with us and I was like, well, I want to watch TV. And he was like, well, I'm watching it right now. Like, I want to watch TV, give me the channel. Like, I'm gonna change mm. the channel. And we start bickering back and forth and then you hear my grandmother yell down the stairs, let her watch TV. Oh. And, you know, he would kind of just get frustrated, like, you know, she don't have to get away all the time, but it, it was kind of like that. But he loves me and mm. he loved the mess out of me. Like, anytime he had, if yeah. he had, and I wanted, he would give. Like, he would always do what he could. Um, he's very, very smart, so he could sit there mm. and read the lesson and be able to say, oh, okay, well, this is what it's talking about. So he would help me with my homework. Um, he yeah. would help me roll my hair at night. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, we would do those things. We would cook together. And, mm, um, although, that's like, good. I would do this. I hated, I hated frying stuff because I didn't like the grease popping up on me. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> But he would be like, just put it in there. I'm like, you know, just like one at a time. Yeah. Back. Like, oh right. He's like, let me do it. I'm like, okay. But, you know, he was the one who really got me into cooking. And I'm mm. like, you know, I enjoy cooking. And I, I cook when I'm happy. That's and, old. you know, so it was mm. like, I'm always like, if I'm cooking, I'm usually in the kitchen. I'm cooking and I'm dancing. But oh. he's the one who got me. <laughs> I just feel oh. like cooking dancing. But he's yeah. the one who got me into cooking. Mm. And, you know, we make home homemade fries or, you know, yeah. mashed potatoes and, you know, mm. whatever. Just small, simple stuff. But that's what, he's the one who got me into that. I was like, oh, I want to cook with you. And, oh. and he would never tell me no. Um, and, you know, I would lay all up on him. I would just smother him. And he just kind of lay there and take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, oh. you know. Um, so we have a, you know, we had our moments, um, but we, you know, the good and the bad, and, which was difficult because, um, mm. again, his journey was a little, um, a little harder um, okay. and still is. So, you know, he's been in and out of jail mm. the majority of my life. And um, now I'm there uh, as much as I can to support him. Um, I haven't... Uh, there's more that I would like to do for him, mm -hmm. but I just don't have the means to do so. Mm. Um, but when God opens that door for me, I will. Yeah. Um, but more now is, um, cause I had to get to a point where um, my expectations for him, I had mm. to let those, let that go. Wow. And so my father hurt came because he failed to meet the expectations mm. that I thought he should be Ooh. feeling. Ooh. and not understanding 
that he was going through his own grieving process. Mm. He was going through his own, and he, you know, he was already mm. struggling with dealing with his parents being separated. Now the woman who gave birth to his child dies, wow. and now he has wow. to go through. You know, mm. we don't think about how you know grief affects other people. Mm. And as I I got older, I began to understand. It's like, oh, you know, I had these expectations of him. Wow, and it was. It was fair but unfair at the same time. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like when we go into a relationship, I have these <laughs> expectations for you, but I haven't explained to you what they are. And Come on, meeting them. So listen. now I'm getting upset with you. Now you're getting upset. And that's mm. pretty much right. Now I'm getting upset. And that's right. what I had to do with my dad because my expectation was my mom died, so you need to step up. Mm. And like, why weren't you here? Why didn't you do this? Why did, you know, there's all these whys. Yeah. But then when I began to, he began to open up to me and we mm -hmm. began to have that conversation, I realized like he's still grieving. He's wow. still learning. He's still learning about himself. Like he's just being able to open up and say, you know, mm. I really didn't know how to express myself. Wow. I really didn't know how to process this. Yeah. And I'm like, man, and me realizing like, I'm a lot like you. And, mm. he, and he can point it out too. He's like, oh, well, you get that from me. You know, I'm sorry, you know, mm. and, and, but it's true. And I'm like, so now it's more, when I do get a chance to talk with him, mm -hmm. I want to be supportive. I, I'm good. proud of him for not giving up because the, you know, the struggle's real. Mm. Real life situation is hard to break out of cycles. Mm, and, um, that's so true. Be, you know, and because you're you're not able to move outside of the normal, so then you're staying in a you're trying to break out of a cycle, but still out. be in the same area mm. where the cycle started. See? So it's hard to break out of that. And yeah. that's one thing that it is really hard for those who want to change their life. Like I want to make the change, and I mm -hmm. want to do good. Mm -hmm. I want it, but I'm in this cycle, but. I can't get out of the area. Like, how do mm. I break the cycle? But I have to stay in the same area. But mm. a lot of people can't leave that area because they're on probation or they're, mm. you know, there's all these restrictions. And it's mm. like, but I want to be free from this, but you keep putting me back in the same environment, expecting mm. something different. Wow. And so it, it began to really, I was like, I began to like, okay, I, I get it, I get it. And, you know, and guys was like, you know, just love them. You mm. know, release those expectations that that you have off of him and That's receive good. him for who he is and where he is right now yeah. and, and just talk with him you know when yeah. we have the chance to talk we talk and you know and I love on him and you know I'm telling you know I'm happy that you called me like I do I get wow. excited to hear <clears throat> his voice yeah um, you know I, I'm not ashamed of him at all um, because again we all have our own journey mm. um, my only thing is, is like I pray that he can enjoy life outside of those cycles that he's yeah. in yeah because there's so much more that god has for him yeah um, yeah so it, it was it definitely is like a growth process that, mm -hmm. you know god revealing to me like okay so you were hurt so how do you think he felt mm. and you know and like you know what it felt like when you know you just broke up with somebody but you still if you wanted to try to get back with them but he would never be able to get back with her because mm. she's gone you know so wow. and, and, and even when my mom died she was with somebody else so oh, it's yeah. a whole 
like process. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, layers, layers on top of that. Yeah, on top of layers on top of layers. So it was really just coming to a point where, and and I would. That's one of my prayers is always like God teach me to love people the way you love me. Mm. Teach me to have grace for people the way that you have grace. Mm. And that's what really allowed me to begin to open my eyes and Mm -hmm. see it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I see. I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. You hit, yeah. You hit the nail on the head with two things I was going to say. Definitely um, going through situations like this and, and, you know, this is so important for the audience, for you guys to hear. We have to have grace for people. We have to have grace for people because you don't know exactly what that person is going through. And also expectations, expectations, unreal expectations is one of the, it's like one of the biggest factors that break up anything. Relationships, uh, it'll make you leave your job. It will make you abruptly do things prematurely because an expectation is something that you came up with in your own head and 99.9% of the time the other person have no idea what you're expecting because we don't communicate that a lot of times as human beings we assume things and we're like well they should know how to be my father well they should know how to be my man you know or the guys they should know how to be you know your woman but we have to learn how to communicate have grace give grace to people because that's what promotes growth Grace promotes growth, not spewing out unrealistic expectations. So that is beautiful that you came to those realizations because really it helps you with everything moving forward within your life. You know, you like, wow, you know, some people see in life, I don't look at things as losses, but as a learning lesson, you know, like, oh, I did this or I did that and look how it happened okay, it's not a loss, it's a learning lesson so that I can do something better next time. And so the things that you've gone through so far really have prepared you to be the person you are today, to be the person that God is allowing you to Mm -hmm. even become, you know, in the future. And so it's powerful that, again, we take the lemons and we squeeze it, mix all the ingredients together and make some wonderful bomb lemonade that's going to sell out, you know (laughs) what I mean? Our perspectives within life really helps it really help us either reach where we're supposed to or it keeps us stagnant and so um that's so powerful that you talked about that so let's talk about you know and i honor you for being so transparent with your story i know this is going to help people so let's talk about how like all the stuff that you've gone through within life and of course we haven't even you know of course talked about all of the other stuff, you know, that, you know what I mean? The details of other stuff, you know, but so we're, hit, we're hit, right. We're hitting on, we're hitting some major points. So how have all those experiences affected other parts of your life? You know what I mean? Like relationships it, or how, every, how has I, it? Mm. There was a saying that I read the other day um, mm. and it, it was pretty much saying like, everything affects who you are Mm. and it's true everything affects who you are when this happened to me that's when i stopped talking so now i don't talk today because of this when this happened to me you know i I started to look and see like no i need to be prepared to make sure so that's why i have this blockage up here Mm. as an adult because something that happened to me when i was 10. like this everything affected and it Mm. molded me to be who i was Mm. so everything that happened to me from birth all the way up until 
you know, 20 years old affected who the 24 year old was. Mm. Like all mm -hmm. that had something to do. And even till today, it has something to do with who I am today mm -hmm. because it was through those things that I had to be delivered and set free wow. from and healed from yes. that allowed me to be who I am today. So yeah. everything that happens to us affects us in one way or another, mm -hmm. but it goes on. Do I do it? Do I take it and take the negative out of it? Or do I take it and I find the positive? I find the lessons learned. Mm. I see this is how I'm going to utilize this. This is how I will face these challenges in the future. Mm. If I'm ever put in this position or this is how I will use this, I will allow my character to be built through this and not yes. broken. Um, yes. I, I remember there was a, um, one of my shows was like breakdown or breakthrough. Which mm. one are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to either break down because of the situation or it's going to cause you to break through. Yeah. So, once I began to truly walk on my journey mm -hmm. and began to learn me mm -hmm. and learn who I was yeah. and what made me who I was at that time, yeah. then I began to go through that process of healing and began That's to understand good. why does that hurt and understand why I, I act the way I do and mm. began to discover who Ebony Marie really yeah, is because right. I was not myself. I was yeah. a whole bunch of cover-ups. Like yeah. I had so much covering that mm. I did because of everything that happened to me up until the point of me beginning to go through that journey. I was just like throwing on another layer, throwing on another yeah. layer. Mm. And I I didn't even recognize me. I wow. didn't know who I was. Yeah. And so then I had to start peeling off all of those layers mm. until I got to the point where it was like, that's who I am? Wow. And wow. Yeah. I went through that. like. Right. That's how that affected me. Mm -hmm. Like it was almost like you know, I didn't even realize that affected me. Like some of the things that you just do not know. Right, like, right. You heard it, and you're like, "It is. That don't bother me none." Right. It really does bother mm. you. <laughs> right. Like, and you gotta deal with it. Yeah. Right. You gotta heal deal with it. And there's like, even as a child, when you mm -hmm. hear adults arguing, and you hear them arguing and you hear your name in it, that affects you, whether you mm. think it does or not. Wow. Some kids try to take it and be like, oh, I heard them, they were arguing about me, I need to be good. And so then they're always walking on eggshells wow. to make sure they don't do anything or make anything bad. I did it. Like, I was always mm. like, okay, I need to make sure, I don't need anyone to be mad at me. I didn't, mm. you know, even though I still messed up and I made mistakes, but what it did is when I did mess up and make mistakes unconsciously, I took that in and it was like, what beat myself up. Like, mm. oh my gosh, you're so stupid. Why would you wow. do that? And then, it, or some kids would start acting out because they hear the parents arguing over them and all that right, stuff. Right, right. So like those things really do affect you. You mm -hmm. just don't realize it. Mm. So when I start to peel all that stuff back and mm -hmm. really understand, like that all made me. Like mm -hmm. that made me. That mm. made me. Like seriously, wow. that made me who I was. Mm. And. But that's not who had who God had called me to be. Right. And right, so right. I had to go through that process. 
yeah. and face the ugly stuff. And, yeah. And, you know, there's still stuff that I'm like, wow, I didn't even realize that was something that I felt or something yeah. that I dealt with. Yeah. That is like, it's an ever learning process of yourself. Ever learning process. That is so powerful. It really is. I, I like to say that, you know, the situations you go through in life, um, you know, it's refining your character. God defines us and what we go through refines us. And so sometimes we'll be so covered with multiple layers of hurt, of abuse, of uh, low self-esteem and of all this stuff. And as we allow God to come in, he can unpeel the layers. He can say, hey, that's yeah. not who I created you to be. You know, I'm gonna take this layer off. And then eventually, eventually we are in awe of, of the real us, of the authentic yeah. us. And so that's beautiful. Right. So uh, what is a practical, what are some practical things you've done to get through your healing process? And so now we're, we're transitioning into the makeover. You, you start talking about it. What are some practical things that, you know, you have done, a person can do to go through their healing process? Prayer. That's, good. that's powerful that's yeah <laughs> that yeah. that's that's my number one is prayer is i i admit it that god i'm mm. hurting that's and good. god knew i was hurting but right. i didn't want to face it so god can't fix anything if i don't release it See. so if i'm not admitting it you know yeah. we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony yeah. so if I'm not speaking what is going on with me, mm. then there's no way that he can heal it. So wow. as I began to pray and say, you know, this hurts, this hurts. Why does this hurt? What is this? And he began to reveal to me like, mm. that was from this. And that happened when this happened. Yeah. And that happened when this happened. Cause I was molested as- You're, let's see here. Okay. Okay, we're gonna come back to that. Okay, <laughs> flip, flip, flip your thing over. Ray, flip your thing back over. Okay, all right, now so. Okay. Okay, so what, now. okay. All right, so what were you saying? Oh, so like, I, you know, I was molested as a young child too. So mm -hmm. there's different things from that. Um, mm -hmm. And even with that, I would say, you know, I forgave that person who did it, mm -hmm. but I never talked about it. You mm -hmm. know, I, I mentioned it to one person and that was it. And mm -hmm. so it wasn't something that I was really discussed. It was just like, you know, mm -hmm. just kind of like, let it go. But mm -hmm. that did affect me. That, that's Absolutely. what changed my, you know, my thought process. And it actually opened doors to different things for me. And so it, it, it was, prayer was my biggest piece. It's like, that's God good. just showed me. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. And, but it, it can't happen unless you have an open heart mm -hmm. uh, to really be ready. You got to yeah, be ready. That's to good. Go through it. That's that's so good. And, yeah. Yeah, being ready. Um, yeah. And so prayer, reading the word, and just listening to different sermons and testimonies. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I started to hear um, different sermons from people that I, I never thought I would listen to and um, getting into groups that are there to help develop you into uh -huh. becoming who you are. Like uh -huh. those small groups are very important yeah. um, because they help you look at things um, at a, in a different perspective. Uh -huh. um, 
So I would do stuff like um, Wife Academy with um, mm-hmm. Pastor Jerry and Tanisha Flowers, where yeah. you know they're bringing up stuff that you're like, "Wow, that's real!" <laughs> right, 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 right. I never thought of that. I never really would have yeah. seen that. But mm-hmm. you know, those are the type of things. Those are the three big things that I did. I, I prayed, I read my word, and I was listening to sermons and in in group sessions to yeah. learn more. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, I think the, um, I think uh, number one thing the person can do, uh, definitely in addition, in addition to that is have a relationship with God. And it's, it's not about uh, something of religiosity, but it's literally about when you pay attention and when you open your heart up to receive him, he yeah. comes in and he does what no one else can do. Can do. He does. I'm trying to tell you, he will reveal stuff to you when, when nothing makes sense. When there are no answers, you you you've been seeking. You've been doing that. You feel like you've exhausted every option. Having a relationship with God will literally give you the the guidance. It'll give you. It's the tool. You know that you need to go to the other resources is so important and then i'm gonna add also therapy 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 therapy. a lot of people look at that you know and i talk about you know my story and you know people have heard it and whatnot but um god did things with me differently i didn't more so feel comfortable telling family everything and so god understood that i needed a neutral party that uh, didn't necessarily know you know uh family or didn't necessarily necessarily uh, they weren't hanging out with people that i would hang out on a regular basis and so god he, he gave me the green light after so much stuff was happening to go to therapy go to therapy go to a counselor you know and i'm you know pro counselor being you know um training to be a therapist myself but um going to a counselor I went to a Christian counselor that was one of the best things I could ever do yes they were able to give me practical steps such as you can write a letter to that person that got hurt at four or five years old and you you let them know everything's going to be okay there's so many different practical things that you can do and a therapist can help you guys there's a there's huge a huge stigma there's this um Unfortunately, there's a negative connotation uh, when you hear um, therapy, and especially in the in the African American community, in the Black community, and it's sad because a lot of people think if you go to the therapist, you're there's you're crazy, you know, you're mentally ill and all this right. stuff. But the truth is, if we continue to throw push everything under the rug, you're not going to heal. You're not going to be all that you can be. You're not going right. to get to the place. You know, you're not gonna be able to, to turn that lemon into lemonade because you're just sticking with the lemon and you're hiding right. it. And eventually that stuff will come out. It comes out like Ebony was saying. It comes out in all different forms. And I'll say more specifically, for me, it came out in relationships. You know, I could see mm-hmm. progress and success in every other area of my life, but in relationships, romantic relationships, I said something is still broken. You know, and right. then you begin to see patterns of you being, uh, having low self-esteem or, you know, uh, doing all sorts of stuff in relationships. Yeah. You're like, where is this coming from? And it's because of that root that needs to be dealt with. And so you guys, it, it, this, what we're talking about is real. You have to get, once again, it's my third time <laughs> saying it, get help. 
when you need yeah. help, I'm telling you. And so your makeover, we just talked about bits and pieces of it, but from, from where you've been to what I've seen you be, you know, growing to, to be this, um, you know, this beautiful woman of God is, is absolutely amazing as to the makeover that God has allowed within your life and how you've taken pain and you literally allowed it to become purpose. So I want to ask you, uh, as we begin to wrap this, this, uh, this thing up, what are three of the most important things that you've learned throughout your process? And what would you tell people who are facing either trauma, traumatic experiences right now, or, you know, what would you tell them? So what are three things that you've learned through this all? And what would you tell a person if a person was standing in front of you and they were currently in a domestic violence situation or something? And, you know, they were dealing, facing trauma. What would you tell that person? What would you tell people? Um, three things that I learned. Um, one, it's okay to not be okay. That's um, it's okay to feel, it's okay to be um, emotional. It, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, mm. And express it. Mm. <laughs> um, healthily, of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but it's okay not to be okay. Mm. And um, the second thing I would say is... Um, uh, well, you know, my thing is love, love yourself. Um, so, so good. you know, take the time out for you, take the mm. time out to learn you and, and continue to learn you. It's a always, um, it, it's a never ending thing because as we get older, our tastes change, mm. our, you know, our perspective on things change. Yeah. And, uh, so it is really on, you know, take care of you and love you. Um, and then I would have to say the third thing is is never take your focus off of God. That's so um, good. Because that as long as your focus is on Him, everything else falls into line, even when it hurts. Um, like Erica was saying, you know, mm. the scriptures in Romans, like it's all things are going to work together for the good of yeah. those who love and who are in Christ Jesus. So yes. um, is just just keep your focus on Him. And anyone who's going through right now, I would say you're not alone. Um, everything you're feeling, somebody else feels. So don't feel that you're alone and there's no one who will understand. There's no one who can help you. There's no one, you are not by yourself. You're not isolated. Because mm. um, somebody understands. Somebody gets it. You, it may be a person you least expected, mm, but somebody good. does. Um, and seek help seek help um therapy is awesome um i just started therapy and it's like what i was missing out <laughs> uh, but I, I i i thoroughly i look forward to my therapy sessions like i'm like listen listen my therapist be like oh <laughs> yeah yeah you do the yes right I'm like, wait a minute I yeah. Sit down on her couch, and I'm like, listen. She's like, uh oh. Like, right. She was like, for like, what's going on? Yeah. Because you know when things are going good, and then when you hit that, you're like, time out. Wait a right. minute. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. But that would be yeah. my 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 thing is like, you're not alone. That's good. And there's all there's somebody who can um, help you, and I I pray that you know if you don't know the Lord. 
seek, ask him into your heart and he will lead you to the right person so um, to help you because you yeah. do want that proper help. You want to make sure it's someone who is helping you grow and, and, and uh, leading you to um, healing and deliverance and not yeah. someone who will manipulate and use you because right. yes, that is unfortunately a truth um, in many situations is that someone sees the hurt and mm-hmm. manipulates it. Mm-hmm. Um, so just seek God and how and who to help you. But no matter what, I, I would say therapy is definitely on the top of the list yeah. um, as well, because it's, Absolutely. it does wonders when you're able to speak someone who doesn't have a bias. Yeah, they, They're getting nothing out of you telling them the story. Right. That's so um, good. Yes. So That's- yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you for those keys. Yes, this has been an amazing conversation and I know you guys have enjoyed it. So Ebony Marie, can you tell the people how can they get connected with you? Yes, so currently (laughs) I am under construction. Um, However, you can still find me on Facebook um, under Ebony Marie, and that's E-B-O and E-M-A-R-I-E. Um, so you can definitely connect with me on Facebook, and I will have my website up soon. Um, I, I just, I do things in perfection and excellence, so <laughs> I have to make sure everything is in order mm-hmm. before I release everything else out. But you can definitely connect with me that way, or if you want to email me, mm-hmm. um, I do do engagements as well. Um, so you can always reach out to me at info at ebonymarie.com. Okay, and it, once again, how do you spell Ebony? What kind of fast? <laughs> uh, E-B-O-N-E. Yes, Queen. M-A-R-I-E. Yes, because we want people to be able to find you. She spells Ebony with the E at the end, you guys. So we um, have been super blessed by Ebony Marie being on the show today. I know that you guys were encouraged. And if you guys have questions, you could definitely, you know, reach out to her. You guys want to bless her. You can reach out to her. She gave you ways to do that. So definitely stay connected to her. And um, I do want you guys to remember that I have the products. Um, I have products as well. You can go on to Amazon and I have, I'm going to share this book more say uh, today. It's called The Loud Secret and it talks about pretty much everything that we were talking about today. The importance of dealing with soul health, the importance of dealing with yourself, the importance of going through your process, you guys, because what we want you to understand, we've both gone through separate individual processes. The journeys that God took us on has looked differently, but the ultimate goal has been health, has been healing. So your process may look different. Her top threes, she suggested it and it was beautiful, wonderful. You may have um, other things that you, you know, want to want to go out and search after my things may be different but listen you have to this is why it's important to be able to connect with God so that he can tell you how your healing process looks everything that Ebony shared on here today has been absolutely beautiful and you uh, grab a hold of my book on Amazon The Loud Secret under Erica Holmes and I have another book called uh, Singles Let's Deliberate this book right here talks about my journey my healing process and these are uh, this is just to encourage you and so I know that it will bless your life as well as I have products and stuff you guys can 
hit me up, you connect with me on my website at uh, www.erica, E-R-I-C-A-D-H-O-L-M-E-S, D is in Denver, H-O-L-M-E-S.com. And I have my my uh, brand out, you guys, Kings Get Queens, Queens Get Kings, and some other uh, gear, accessories, and stuff. Go ahead, show her, yes. See, Ebony Marie is on here rocking <laughs> the Queens Get Kings. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah. so everything that I do, I do it uh, for purpose. So the brand and stuff, it's not about bringing a name or a light to myself, but it's to follow your purpose and to shine for the kingdom. And so, um, yes, you guys, subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't subscribed, follow me on social media, um, you know, Ari underscore H-O-L-M-E-S. And we're going to connect. Thanks again for tuning in with us. And like I always like to say, remember to renew your mind. It is the gold mine. Love you guys. Empower me with Aerie.